0: You might find something you love. Luca Nation. It's a fun one. I don't know, man. It's, uh I mean, I don't know how many episodes we've done 3, 000, four thousand. 4,000. But last week, I had the pleasure, and not even knowing what I was getting into, of jumping onto a, a PWCC premiere recap with my man Cajun Cardboard here, who's joining me today. And, uh, wow, it was a whirlwind episode, but wow, did we get a lot of views on that. And imagine if we like expanded it outside of
1: basketball cards. No kidding. I get complaints. Like, why don't you talk about soccer and baseball and football? And I was like. I don't know shit about it. That's why. <laughs> well, listen. Let's talk oh a little God. bit about soccer
0: and baseball and football today. I got I got three topics I wanted to jump on with you here today. Um, one, I want to talk to you about the World Cup because I know you're watching it, and I'm learning soccer. I'm you know enjoying it. I have some questions about it. I have some you know points. I would say is a little you know interesting. Um, the second thing is you did this fun little you know like survey topic about like red pill blue pill. Like what would you do with your cards if they stay the same value? We could talk. I let you explain it and kind of we could talk through that. And then I have have a third one, a sneaky one. We'll keep this, you know, manageable. We're not going to be, you know, three hour, you know, marathon here. We'll just keep it to three topics. So, first, World Cup. What have you seen? What is surprising you about it? And I know, even though you're the basketball card guru, you did start buying some soccer cards. Has anything you've seen made you feel good about your purchases, want to go out and buy other purchases? Talk to me. What, give me your your recap of the
1: first couple of days. Two questions. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, Germany just lost. So we're, we're filming this, you know, minutes after mm-hmm. Germany went down. Uh, day two, Argentina went down. I and mean, that was huge, right? I mean, there's a lot of big Messi collectors out there. And that's, you know, the one thing that's – that the box that's not checked on the Messi resume is, you know, the World Cup, right? So we were hoping for a really good – feel-good story for Messi on the World Cup. Could he play in another one? I don't – man, I don't know. I don't know if he could play four years from now. Maybe. He could. It could. Um, it could. I mean, I it, know, that would be six, right? I think this is five. <laughs> that would be six. That would be a nice box to check on your resume, right? Uh, so, um, that Argentina losing, Germany losing, the U.S. shit the bed, for lack of a better word, in the second half. You know, uh, right when they started, you know, Wales started pressing us instead of sitting back and parking the bus. Um, you know, U.S. just didn't have the juice. It looked to me like they looked really fatigued in the second half. Um, and so uh, that, that U.S. game has been highly scrutinized. You know, I don't know how much you watch, but I know Gio Reyna is a really, really good young American player uh, that has to be on the field at some point in that game. Um, he's just too good. I mean, I think he's probably our third or fourth best player uh, on our national team, and he just didn't see the field. And so unless there's some kind of injury or something wrong with him, which I have not heard about, I don't understand him not getting on the field for the USA in that game at some point, uh, especially after it was tied. So
0: I mean, is it more because at that at that point you want better defenders out there and Reyna yeah. is somebody who's going to run, stretch the field, and, you know, you're saying the best defense is a good offense, keep them on the defensive, yeah, I mean, and then, you know.
1: Well, they put other players on that weren't defenders. They put Brendan Aronson on, and he's good yeah. too. Don't get me wrong, but Brendan Aronson is the DeVall, best player on the it. team. Yeah, I mean, Reyna's one of the best players in our country, man. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe there's something out there that I don't know. Maybe there's something behind the scenes. With I never like it. There's just them, some, you know. I was never uh, it, it, was just point. Point. it was like kissing That's your point. kissing your sister, man. I mean, one-one when you were up 1-0 and, and literally dominating possession, and we were like, man, look, we never do this against European teams. And you know, suddenly our our team looks like we can possess the ball and they've got to chase us. And then the second half, the, the script was flipped completely. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I mean, we're still in it, but hell man, we got some work to do against England on Friday. And it so was there a, well.
0: a coaching issue. Because, I mean, I did watch, I watched the whole game. And I also watched, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, the U.S. looked like the better team throughout. Um, and, you know, to have a, you know, have a, have them tie it up like that at the end. is You know, it's kind of crappy, but it could be worse. They could have scored two goals late, like Japan did against Germany. And Germany looked like the better team. But what I'll tell you is h- halftime coaching, coaching adjustments, clearly, because, you know, Japan was playing a different game there. Um, and what I've seen so far, especially in the games where there's upsets are two things. Number one. I hate the penalty kick. I can't stand it unless you Lewandowski. And I don't know what the hell he was doing, but I, I mean the I kick, the goal for a penalty kick shouldn't be worth as much. Oh, they gotta pass up and kick it further or something because, like, you know, look, the US we had a real goal. And, uh, you know, the, the 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 team from Wales didn't, right? And it was, you know, it, they weren't shooting. It wasn't like a takedown five feet away from the goal. The guy wasn't even facing the net when he got, you know, when he got tackled. Um, Germany had a penalty kick today that was, I mean, you know, questionable. The guy also was facing away from the net. He wasn't in the process of, of shooting. He was going to make a pass. And the goalie yep. came out and kind of hit him. Um, what I've noticed besides that, and I don't know, there's nothing to change him. Mean, soccer's been this way for a long time. Which is but, um, the what I've noticed about it is the teams that are upsetting or they don't have a lot of chances, but they are taking advantage of those chances. Like that Japan, soccer. it's like all of a sudden, boom, a runner. Go ahead. Boom. Yeah. Take it all the way and go. Don't don't mess around with it. Don't, you know, p- pity, pat, pity, pat, pity, pat. It's just take it. Go take your shot. Take your shot on goal. Saudi Arabia, yeah. same thing, you know?
1: Yeah. But both those games cage one 0 at the half with the heavy favorites, one 0 at the half and then bang, bang. Right. Two two short, quick succession goals for Saudi Arabia, and then uh, and then today for Japan. So very similar games, to be quite honest with you. And then at the end, favorites are pounding, 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 and just can't break through. And that's soccer, man. I mean, if you've got a one-goal lead, you know, you can literally park the bus, even inferior teams, and protect that lead. It's just different. You know, it's different than other sports where, you know, hell, I'm an NBA guy, in the NBA – Twelve points can disappear in forty five seconds now, yeah. you know, with with as many threes and dunks. Everybody as makes are. a run, right? That's yeah. They I say. mean, they're you know, so So the upsets um, are
0: surprising. Anything card relevance? I mean, obviously we talk about Messi. Um, you have any, I mean, you've started to really pay attention to soccer. Any, any, you know, any chime in on the Ronaldo situation how that impacts I mean Portugal's a big favorite
1: well I think I read I didn't read the whole article but I thought I saw the headline or something on the ticker Manchester United and Ronaldo have agreed to mutually part ways Mm -hmm. so Ronaldo is teamless right now which is really cool which is great for him because he was in prison uh he he and the manager just were not gonna see eye to eye and Ronaldo was throwing tantrums and the manager was like it's my team not your team and Uh, So it's good to see Ronaldo get out of there because he's chasing history, man. I mean, he's chasing goals. He's trying to keep pace with Messi, you know, regardless of where you stand on that. But uh, I hated to see him waste, you know, what's left of a very small window on Manchester United, where he's not even getting in the game. I mean, I imagine LeBron going to a team and, and coming off a bench or something like that. You know, for twenty minutes a game, It would mean, be miserable, right? For for LeBron collectors, so I, it's good for Ronaldo collectors to get out of there. My soccer money is all in a guy that is not in the World Cup, and you know who that is. So, uh, and I knew that going in. So I put my money into Highland. Uh, that's where most of my soccer money is. Uh, and that's a, a, a purely an investment move. Um, so, I, you know, I'm on the sidelines. I'm truly enjoying the World Cup with, you know, no dogs in this hunt. I mean, other than I want the USA to win, obviously. But as far as players and prospecting and things like that, I'm watching. I'm watching closely to see who looks good, who doesn't. Um, you know, a couple guys I want to watch. I want to see how Gavi and uh, Pedri uh, do for Spain. Um, since they're so young, and this is a big stage for them, and I think they have Costa Rica win today, right? Yeah, is that right? No, so yeah. I'll, oh yeah, we, right after we finish recording, we'll be able to watch that. So go. I'll honestly, say the name wrong,
0: and that? you won't get a lot of attention because Germany lost today, so people aren't going to be scrutinizing the game and they're not going to be Musiala. looking at all that stuff. But Musiala looked really good yeah right? I mean, he I look looked good <laughs> yes, he Just did. like a lot of a lot of attempts I mean a couple of misses but like you know just pushing pushing the pace pushing the offense he looked really good um if I were buying cards just after watching today that would be the guy I'd, all right this guy you know he's gonna he's gonna make things happen you know, will find a way
1: yeah. to make things happen um just from today's game the tricky um, thing cage the tricky thing about soccer and you know this because you collect all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff I'm basketball only if you said Here's the player to go get, I know right away, what cards, what products, what parallels to chase in basketball. I know it. Like it's just inherent, right? It hasn't changed that much with soccer. I watched the game today and let's say I wanted to go buy Musiala. I want to go put 10 grand in Musiala, man. I would have to start from chapter one and figure out what the hell am I supposed to buy? What product, what what year, what product sticker, card, parallel, you know, RPA autos, what club Jersey, international Jersey. It's like, my brain's about to explode trying to figure that out, you know, with De Bruyne and Foden and some of these other guys that I'd like to start, you know, trickle a little bit of money in, you know, while the market's dipped here, it's just tough. It's like an education and each player is so different because their upbringing is so different in basketball. You go to high school for the most part, Americans, you go to high school, you play one year of college, you go to the pros or you just go straight to the G league and you go to the pros. And so, uh, it like where they come from matters so much in soccer they could have a sticker from when they were playing in you know third division league before they got to the big time and uh and then they also are gonna have a card and then you also see just like in baseball i know you've seen this in baseball they could have like three different years in in all their cards say rookie on them and it's like yep. what the hell are y'all doing to me it's already confusing enough just you know pick one
0: yeah i mean that it, it is a barrier to entry for soccer you can't just say i'm, I'm buy sure it gonna buy the tops chrome and then of course now with the expansion of the hobby you know you want to buy kobe lebron all right there's some stuff out there you know okay buy the tops chrome right you know is tops chrome the right one is there a sapphire version is there i mean like well you know 18. what was the first one that came out is it the bundesliga one is it the the is it the finest you know finest UCL,
1: bundesliga chrome there's a million and look cage this year 2022 is even trickier I just busted a whole case of 2022 Prison World Cup purely for fun. I'm not exaggerating to you. I will open a pack. I'll get seven rookie shield cards in one pack. Seven, and it's so it's like, was well, this their? Is it their World Cup rookie, or is it really the rookie? I, I don't know. So you got to do your research and all those. I would take all of the base rookies with the with the rookie shield on there, and I would put them in one of those two piece 100 counts, mm-hmm. and I filled up six of them for wow. one case. It's all rookies. A lot of people. But I mean, you know, I guess
0: part of that is it's rookie season for a lot of these guys, so it counts. The cards in the rookie season, it's a rookie for Panini. It's a Panini's first product. So it doesn't yep. matter that he's had five cards before, you know. It doesn't matter that he's got a finest card and it doesn't matter that he's got a chrome card. This yep. is the first, you know, as long as it's in the same season, blah blah. You're right though, it's very tough. Yeah. So moving off for soccer. Yeah. Give give a couple of we give a 30 second, one minute recount for us that survey, the, the question you asked folks about like red pill, blue pill with the hobby, you name it, give kind of the details and then tell me how, how it ended up. And then we can kind of talk through where we would
1: sit on it. Yeah, for sure. So, so I did a, uh, really, it was an experiment about a thumbnail. I had a really great thumbnail idea. You know, you saw the matrix, right? And so red pill, blue pill, when Neo, you know, gets the option or whatever. And, uh, so I did a really cool thumbnail just, you know, a blue pill in one hand, a red pill, in the other hand. And, and, you know, I think the caption was hobby. You need to choose. And so I just created a hypothetical and the video was just a hypothetical. If I gave you two options, either one, you could choose the red pill. I guarantee you your cards three years from now will be worth exactly what they're worth today. Your entire collection, penny for penny, every card will stay stagnant and stay exactly the same. Would you take that pill or would you take the other pill and let it ride and let the market dictate where we're going? All things considered, the overprinting, the fanatics taking over, you know, the players playing up or down, the injury risk, all that stuff, would you would you want to, you know, set it at, in stone right now and then know three years from now you're back, you're still exactly where you are today, or would you let it ride with the chance that your cards could go down, Cage? I mean, we've always – I mean, we've collected for a good bit here, and historically cards have always gone up, and now, you know, they're coming back from that massive crescendo. So the question is, you know, do you think cards will be worth more or less three years from now, generally speaking? I mean, obviously all cards are different, but – um, that was kind of the, the hypothetical I threw out there. The feedback in the comments, there, first of all, there was a ton of engagement, right? Because people like to answer open-ended questions like that. And uh, the overwhelming feedback was, let it ride. Every, I mean, everybody thought their stuff was going to be worth more three years from now, which I think is a great thing. You know, I mean, they may be wrong, but it's a great thing to have optimism in the hobby. You know me, I'm always the, the optimist. Do you think it's 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 optimism? or You think it's that,
0: you know, more people in the hobby now are what you would consider more gamblers and that the hobby has attracted people who are willing to roll the dice and willing to risk some downside for some upside rather than people who are in here buying something because, wow, I want this. And, you know, to me, it yeah. doesn't make a difference what it's worth a year from now, two years from now or three years from now. I'm still going to hold it if it's down
1: or if it's up or it's the same. Yeah, well, that, that's a good point. I mean, clearly the pure collector, if there is such a thing, the pure collector would just keep it static, right? I mean, obviously they keep it static because all they care about is owning the card. They don't care about the money that they could derive from the sale of those cards. And so, uh, yeah, that's probably a reflection on the hobby and what percentage of the hobby after the, you know, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, boom. What percentage of those new entrants into the hobby came into the hobby purely with dollars in their eyes um, i wonder at
0: what percentage that starts to balance the scale out like if you change the thumbnail to we're going to give you eight percent return a year seven yeah. percent a year 25 percent you know increase for three years you know what i yeah. mean like with compounding the whole deal like if you have a million dollar collection right now when we're going to tell you it's worth 1.25 million in three years or a million dollar collection right let it ride it could be worth three million it could be worth 500,000. I wonder how, you know, what's
1: the number that it evens the scale at,
0: you know? That's a good question. I tell you what, the
1: the answer to that question would certainly depend on the constituent parts of each collector's collection, right? Because we know we've seen some cards go in one direction, some cards going in a drastically different direction in a hurry. Uh, You know, so that's a big part of it too. Is like, what do you hold? What sport are you holding? Or are you holding Pokemon or magic or entertainer cards or, you know, if you're, if you're holding, you know, sports cards, are they all quarterbacks? You have receivers and running backs. Is it is it all football? Is it all basketball? Is it a little bit of everything? Um, and that's one place where I'm kind of, you know, it's, it, it cuts both ways. Sometimes I get a little bit jealous, right, of guys like you because you've got all sorts of different assets from all different demographics within the hobby, and and sometimes you even share on the group chat stuff like, you know, First photo, what are those things called? First what photos? Yeah, type one. Yeah, type one. Type one photos. photos. Yeah. Type one photos yeah. and the like, you know, uh, cut autos of all time historic greats and random Jackie and stuff. Jackie Robinson like. yesterday. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm literally 99% basketball with a little bit of soccer, a little tiny sliver of soccer. Mm. So I've always kind of tried to stay in my lane. It doesn't always work out, you know. Yeah, man.
0: But basketball has been the one that's the runner for the last. So sometimes when you diversify, you sort of kill your gains too. If you're if you're yeah. in the right thing at the right time, you you know you don't want to be diversified. You don't <laughs> you want to yeah. you want to have your stuff that that runs and that yeah. has outside gains. There, I guess, you know, my commentary on that would be: um, Do you think that also means that the people who are in it are willing to take a loss? they just want to be in the game. They want to make their bets now on their guys and on their cards and they're willing to take a, a loss. Um, you know, the interesting part, not just what they're made up of is I wonder how many people who answer the survey, like the biggest, I think uh, variable is when they got in, how much they got in for, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause some of those people might already be down and they're like the hell with it. I might as well let it ride. I mean, right. like, hopefully it right. just goes
1: back to even, you know? Yeah. 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 No, exactly. Um, we got to keep that in mind because you and I predated the explosion. So we're I mean, we've got so much cushion on so many cards. You know, I mean, the PSA 10 Jordan's a great example. It's like it's all in the eye of the beholder, man. I mean, you know, if you got in and you got in, I think earlier than I did, probably even. So, I mean, it's just like I'm just going to ride that card matters so much to me. I don't give a damn. What's going on with it? I stopped paying attention to that crap, to be quite honest with you. At first, I worried about it because I was feeling anxiety of like, man, I need to sell this stupid thing. I need to sell this. Like, I really need to sell this. I've said that 15 times. And now I'm like, of course I'm not selling. I've seen where it's gone. Maybe one day it'll go back there, but it's just it matters so much to me. I just ride it out, man. Uh and, and again, it, to be fair to everybody out there, not everybody has that luxury. Um, you know, some people got in, in 2021 are just getting crushed and they need that cash, man. And so that's why we're seeing stuff come to market. I don't know if these people really want to sell these assets at a loss, but some people don't have that option. And so,
0: um, well, I mean, listen, it begs the question, right? People came in and now people are coming in and selling at losses, right? And people are coming in and just selling to try to get their money out and get some liquidity, you name it. Um, what made people run into the market was seeing other people win. I mean, that's just what happens, you know, seeing the money, seeing the, the money that was in here. Um, as people leave and they're the ones talking to people about, Oh God, I'm leaving. Cause I just lost money in these cards. I just lost money in LeBron. I bought this LeBron for 30 grand and it's worth seven now. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like the, as that happens. And more importantly, if they see a thumbnail with a red pill and a blue pill, and it's, it's, it's Cajun Morpheus, right. And he's out there offering yeah. pills to people, which right. is dangerous. Don't offer the pills to kids, but they see that kind of thumbnail. And the re- resounding response is, well, is it risk it or, Let's just stay even. Like, stay even is the positive. Like, stay, let's stay even. Don't risk the losses. Like, stay even. You know, does it get to a point where the people who are thinking about coming into the hobby who came in in the last couple of years and said, you know, I'm coming into this because it's an alternate asset class. I'm coming into this because it's it's something I can put money in and, and invest it in here rather than putting it in gold or putting it into other traditional investments. Do those people turn around and say, well, why would I want to just? you know, luck, be lucky to break even after three years when I could just go buy stock in X and get a dividend of 5% a year guaranteed basically, or I can go Mm -hmm. put it in, you know, I will put it in a CD now paying 4%, you know, you know, know, obviously 4%, no one in the hobby wants 4%, but it's better than flat, you know, it's better than nothing. Um, You know, do we, does the hobby lose people because the recency bias is I can take my money now and have guaranteed returns, you know where there was guaranteed returns weren't there when the hobby was an alternative and, mm-hmm. it, and instead you look at the hobby for the last couple of years and it's like shit People are losing their shirt if they got in in the last couple of years. So yeah, it's just I love that topic. I love what you're doing. I, I mean, it's I mean,
1: interesting. Um, I like your idea of stair stepping it. What about ten percent? What what if I promised you a ten percent? Right? You know what I mean? So so as soon as you get that number to the historical return on the yeah, on the market, you know, people, off, you know, you're probably gonna exactly. get a lot of yeses. How yeah, yeah. How many people are just
0: okay? Guaranteed twenty five percent done. You take it. So yeah. I got another one for you, right? I like to talk about one of our most listened to episodes on this, and then we can just I'll, I'll let you go with. With this right and, and you can get into it if you want you can get detailed into it if you want i hope i'm not like blowing up your spot or the whole deal but i think it's a valuable a valuable you know teaching point for the folks who watch this stuff um earlier this year it has to be six seven eight months ago i came on and talked about how it's okay to sell for a loss i'm pretty yeah. sure that was like the title of the episode and believe it or not i was selling like michael jordan cards you know what i mean i was selling like it was a lot of cards but some of them were michael jordan cards and i talked about like the scoring kings card that i bought for like I don't know if I paid 15 or 18 for it. I sold it for like 11 or 12. And, you know, I bought the the wrong Jordan PMG, you know, the retro, late, you know, the Skybox one PMG, yeah. you know, where I think I paid like, you know, 12 and I sold it for like eight, you know, and I was yeah. taking these losses. And, um, you know, I think people like to hear that because I think people, you know they, they think they, they can't do that they think they can't sell at a loss you know it's, it's this you know i made it for this much so i can't take less but what i was thinking at the time was i take that money out the stuff that i have is not the only stuff that's down right that's if i take this out one i think things go down a little further and i have a little liquidity left or more importantly i think that there are other things that are also coming down maybe that have gone down more that i can slide my now liquid exactly. capital into um, and I think it's important for people to hear that, especially when stuff's kind of coming down, and, and people see these things going in the market all the time. Um, so I guess my question for you is: Are you selling stuff, right? And if you are selling stuff, one of the things that I, I mentioned to Andrew because Andrew's like, "Oh man, you know, uh, people who are selling now. You know, they may get wrecked, right? People are selling now. There's so much stuff coming to market. They may get wrecked on their sales." And I said, "Well, not necessarily." And I'm, please you know, walk through this with me, if 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 you don't mind. But I said. It depends on what someone's planning on doing with that money. So they may be getting wrecked, right? Because they spent, let's just say, spent 10 grand on cards. And if they sell them now, they're only getting 6,500. But but if they have a plan with that 6,500 that they think is going to turn around better, like like there are bargains coming out on our cards that when they put their 10 in cost 12 or 15. And they can now get those d- by deploying that 6,500 in capital. And they'd rather have that, that it actually winds up being like, Instead of spending 10, I bought the car for 50. You know, you, yeah. you're redeploying the capital and you're and and at the same time, we talk about consolidation and it's like reconfiguring your collection. Sometimes, you know, when the markets are good, we go out there and we start investing in other things. We start researching, we start spreading our money a little thin. Like I have some Game of Thrones autos. Like I don't need that shit. You know what I mean? I have some, you know, I have some some you know, some Marvel here. I got some this, that. And all right, well, if I sell this stuff now, all right, I'm selling it low but everything else is low and it allows me to turn that around and put my money in something. So, so is that something you're also seeing, doing like, you know, cause um,
1: it's important you, people to hear that on a, on a large scale. Yes. <laughs> so right. I, I've sold more this year than any year of my life. And it's not even close by magnitudes of 10, probably more sales this year than any other year. And uh, I've reinvested every dollar of it. So, so for me, I'm, I'm literally, I'm moving money, uh, from A to B, it, it'd be no different than if somebody came to me and said, hey, you know, so, for instance, I, I moved. I think I told you about 400 cards into the PWCC weekly auctions over the next two or three weeks, yep. 400 different slabs from my vault. Click, 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 move them over. I'm probably I don't know if I'm going to take a loss, but I'm certainly selling them at way below the peak. Right. As you can imagine, with right, cards, 390 of them are probably below where I should have sold them but I'm going to take the money and go buy Jordans. Yes, Jordans are down too. Like rare 90s Jordans inserts and parallels are down, some of them significantly. So I'm essentially just trading these slabs for these much fewer slabs and buying into a player that I really, really care about that I want to hold long-term and Michael Jordan. So it's really that simple. And LeBron. Um, I mean, LeBron and Jordan are down. Kobe's down. Uh, It's not just – You know, Porzingis and Kawhi Leonard, you know, everybody's down. hell, Giannis is down. He's playing like an MVP. Doncic is down. He's playing like an MVP. Um, So the way I look at it is I'm just moving money from A to B. I'm moving it from something that I liked, and I bought Rolf, graded, and then now I'm flipping it. Did I miss the window? Yeah, I missed the window. I could have made a freaking fortune. I'm going to sell these for significantly less than they were at peak, but I'm going to put the money straight back into a card that has also dropped down commensurate with those prices. So if Jordan's down 40% and all these Jalen Browns and Darren Foxes and Jamal Murray's and Michael Porter's are down 40%, well, I'm just trading those four guys for Jordan. So I'm hedging risk and getting an asset that I care a lot more about than a bunch of silvers and greens and blues and base PSA tens of those other guys. That's the way I look at
0: it. I look at it like we missed the windows, right? The windows closing and maybe we're not going to be able to jump through it you know and 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 capitalize as much as we can we're still going to get through but at the same time another window in the house is opening a yeah. window that wouldn't have been open at the time we put our money in these cards right so you have 400 cards again for hypotheticals let's just say those 400 cards are worth 20 grand right now they were worth 20 grand at the peak now they're worth 12 well yep. let's say there's a jordan card that you could buy that you couldn't have bought for that 20 grand. It was like 25 or 27. Well, you can now put that twelve that you're gonna get into the Jordan and that's also lower, maybe even maybe you know, priced down to a point where you can actually get it for what you wouldn't have been able to buy it at before. So I mean it's it really is kind of you know like rebalancing, and also it helps you consolidate your collection, it helps you focus on the cards that you actually want because then you're the guy who's on the other side of that red and blue pill, right? And it's like, all right, if I buy this Jordan card. I'm buying it at a price where it's so low that yeah. I'll sign up for it. It doesn't have to go up in the next three years. I'm just happy to have it.
1: 100%. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, no. It Really, I don't... We're human beings by nature don't like to lose, right? Yep. We're, we're right. Very I hate it. I'm super competitive, I'm super stubborn. And I do, you know, part of me does. I am going to ride this out with a lot of the cards uh, just because I don't want to take a huge loss. But the ones that truly, literally... I only own for 100% investment purposes. Those cards mean nothing to me. They're just like stock certificates. And, you know, if I can move it from one company to another company, both are down 40%, but I believe in this company today, this very day, November 23rd, I believe in Michael Jordan more than I believe in Michael Porter Jr. Then why in the hell wouldn't I just move my money over if they're both down the exact same percentage? It doesn't make any sense, you know? I mean, if... If you believe more in Microsoft than you believe in Tesla, you would go buy, you take all your Tesla money and move it to Microsoft. So why wouldn't you do the same? I mean, diversification is the only, you know, potential argument for, you know, keeping your money spread. Uh, well, don't buy Jordan. Go buy a Lajuan and Tim Duncan and, and David you diversify Rothman. it within Jordan. You yeah, well, diverse fighting stuff. You ladies,
0: some nineties. I, some I like summer Michael
1: summer. Porter Jr. I like De'Aaron Fox. I like Jalen Brown, but I love Michael Jordan and I love collecting Damian Lillard and I love Giannis. So why why wouldn't I? You know, on November twenty third, that's what I care more about, and I think those guys are going to be more valuable long term than these guys because there's less risk.
0: I only have one question for you and we could wrap it up if you like, but I never, I never got a clean, straightforward answer on this from you. I've watched a lot of your content. We've talked a bunch. We've even done some episodes together. I never know whether you're lukewarm on them, or you really like them, You don't like him, you name it. But how do you feel about Michael Jordan?
1: Just kidding, <laughs> folks. Listen, Yeah, listen. yeah sorry. Yeah, I'll, look, Cage, sometimes I preface my videos with, hey, look, I just want to be clear. I own this card. I'm going to hype the shit out of it, right? So <laughs> how could you be mad at me? I even hype the Jordan cards I don't have that I need to buy. So, what? I mean, you can't be mad at me. It can't be a pump and dump if I never dump the Jordans. So I, I figure I'm just pumped. Right. You're not
0: pumping it because you don't even own it yet. You're pumping it against yourself. You're that's basically right. pumping the price up to a, a point where it's gonna cost you more to get it. It, is. Um, it is. yeah, that's funny stuff. Do you do you also like like Jordan autographs or are you more of like nineties inserts and that you do
1: you don't have to see? No autographs, uh, no Carolina jerseys, no non playing your stuff. I I just had to draw the line somewhere like in the Jordan world. And it's a microcosm, man. It is a world within the hobby. It's nuts. Uh, There's so many directions you can go. I did a really good video. Twenty three different ways you can collect Jordan. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, parallels. Uh, inserts, refractors only, you know, PSA 8s only if you want to do it on a budget, raw only if you want to, autographs only, game-worn stuff only. I mean, there's a million ways just to collect Michael Jordan. And so I um, I did a video like that, and I, I, that the reason I did that is because I have focused primarily on uh, 80s and 90s Jordan inserts and parallels, period. I have a little bit of Wizard stuff, Cage, because he was playing those years. Not a lot. But I have chosen to bow out of the autograph um, world because that is another world within a world. And it requires a great deal of expertise, which I do not have. And I'm not really interested in getting into it. I'm just not. I mean, I can appreciate them. I see some of these exquisite patch autographs and I'm like, God, that's a beautiful card and a very valuable card. And I'm sure it's going to be great long term. But I've still got 750 boxes to check just on inserts and parallels that I haven't checked yet. And so before I move on to stage two, I, I need to kind of hyper-focus on stage one.
0: Well, I mean, part of it, and again, I said it was the last thing I was joking about, the Jordan stuff, but it, it part of it goes back to when you started talking about, like, you know, soccer. Like, if you like Musiala, like, I'd have to go back to, you know, page one. Like, you, you know what you know, and obviously you know, um, you know you know um, what you collected when you yeah. collected back in the 90s, you know, so you know the Jordan inserts, you know that stuff, and, um, you know, I was not collecting when like the Jordan autos were out like that. I was, you know, it wasn't part of what I did. You oh, know, I mean. in, in the dual, There's a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff out there. So, I mean, I, I understand it and it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of, you know, figure out which is the right one,
1: yeah. you know,
0: what's the right, you know, it's, it's, but there are people who swear by them and there's some cool stuff. I mean, come on. Paige, yeah, like,
1: hey, you know, there's people that collect only Jordan autos. Like that's yeah. all they collect which is also fascinating valuable, uh, rewarding financially. I mean, it, it can check every single box that they can have just as much joy collecting only Jordan autos as I do collecting only Jordan non-autos. I, I own two Jordan autographs and I just happened to come across those two cards that I thought were good investment pieces. I would probably trade those for parallels or inserts that I do not have, you know, because that's really my, my focus. That's how I collect, uh, you know, inserts, parallels, and high grade for better or worse. That's kind of what I like to do easy stuff all right guys
0: there's an episode we should do this more often i yeah. have to do it every week but you know we we get to chat about it I, I like going through you know the selling for a loss because i think people sometimes look at us and are like all right these guys you know they were in this for a long time you know they have their cards it's early But you know we've been buying cards throughout this entire time i know you like me i bought cards at peak, I bought cards, you know, way higher than they are now. Thanks. And sometimes you have to kind of, you know, reconfigure your collection. You have to, you know, sometimes it means taking a loss. Sometimes it means selling for a little lower, especially, um, you know, in the way the market's been the last year. But the key there, and Brian went through it really well, is to have a plan with that money, right? Yeah. Like, don't just sell to sell. Sell and, okay, when I get this money for this card, I already know what I'm doing with that. I already know what I'm targeting because that, this something else is one something I'm more confident in, and two something that has also come down
1: commensurate in price. So Here, here's here's your title for the for the pod today. You're not selling for a loss if you're buying for a, a win. Right. Copyright. Copyright. Cage cardboard. Copyright. Cage cardboard. Lovely. That's it. And that's it. I love it. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Thanks. All right. Have a good Thanksgiving.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh my podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And, uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.